Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. It's 105 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you in Oilers Now. Brendan will take care of the final half hour of the show. He's got John Shannon coming up. We'll tell you that Oilers Now is brought to you by Digitex. Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. And guests on the show receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring a night of the town, every meal is an occasion at Roos Chris Steakhouse. I got the first half hour, then I'm going to hop on the bus, the Oilers and the Washington Capitals, and we are going to head off to the River Creek Resort and Casino Hotline and join uh, longtime Capitals television analyst and former Capitals player, Alan May. Hi, Al. It's Bob. How you doing? I'm doing great, Bob. How's the city of Washington, D.C. treating you so far? Well, uh, a lot more open than Montreal and Ottawa were, Al. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's uh, it's something else, and it's still not even a wide-open city yet. So they still they have the mask mandates till the end of the month of February and the vaccine cards to get into any restaurant, the games, you name it. But uh, I think that'll probably go away by March 1st. Well, uh, that would be, uh, I think everybody's got COVID fatigue at this stage. And unfortunately, that's where our conversation starts. Uh, Testing positive for COVID uh, and being placed in COVID protocol. Alexander Ovechkin, that's a big game changer for the uh, Capitals tonight, isn't it? Absolutely. You know, he's been their MVP all season long, as he is every single season. He's at... 29 goals, 29 assists, 58 points, and uh, has been playing a lot more defensively responsible this year, and uh, has been showed incredible leadership. You know, with showing up and playing the way that he has, and uh, it's a huge hole to fill. You don't fill. It's just like McDavid goes out of Edmonton. You don't replace that. And right now, Washington has nothing close to Ovechkin. They've got. You know, on the wings and missing T.J. Oshie, who's only played 18 games. So missing the big man tonight is a huge game changer and probably a, you know, a lot different strategy as to how the Caps will deploy their lines tonight. You mentioned Oshie out. The other guy that's missed a ton of time is Anthony Mantha, who looked pretty good coming over from Detroit last year in the second half of the season. I mean, that's, let's face it, Ovechkin's a first-line player. Oshie's a first-line player, and Matt is a second-line player. So you get three of your top six wingers out of the lineup. you still got Kuznetsov and Baxter at center. You still have Tom Wilson. But there's some big losses there. Well, there are. And the Caps' second line that they envisioned during the offseason was going to be Mantha. Backstrom and Oshie, and they've never played together this season because Backstrom was out the first 40 or so games. And then Oshie's been in and out of the lineup. Mantha was lost in Florida around the start of December, and it sounds like he's on the shelf until the playoffs, and if not until next season. So, you know, they've been able to adapt. They've had 11 rookies come up, I think it is, this season, and pretty much every one of them scored a goal or gotten a point their first point to the National Hockey League ahead of Zach Bucali. So there's been a ton of rosters disruption here, and they've been able to adapt. And, and one of the things I really do appreciate about Peter Laviolette, he's not a built-in excuse machine. He doesn't go into games setting up a loss. He, he, he believes that you, you go out, you win the day. You know, if you're wearing the jersey, you're an NHL player. And regardless of whether you're the greatest, you know, one of the greatest goal scorers that's ever played, 
it's just another night for him. So I love I love his attitude in it that he goes into every battle prepared to go to war and trying to get the win, expecting to get the win, and and he doesn't go out there to play not to lose. So it's uh, it's pretty refreshing with what he's been able to do with this mishmash roster this season. So last night I was watching your broadcast and Vanacek got run over a goal and he's played pretty well of late. Samsonov went in there, ultimately got the victory. Now they've made a move with Phoenix Copley. Do you know what's going on in terms, like who are the Oilers are going to be facing in goal tonight? Oh, well, I, there were so many shots on Samsonov last night and uh, he was under siege as you saw that, especially when the Penguins had the power play. And he ended up, I think it was 43 saves out of the 45 shots or 46 that he faced. And, you know, he, he had a hell of a game. And Lavi's ridden, you know, goaltenders back-to-back. But Phoenix Copley has been, every time he's ever played for the Caps, he's been pretty good. He's been excellent in Hershey. And I would not be surprised to see him get the start tonight uh, just because he's the fresher goalie. And Samsonov, you know, they, they've worked him hard. He's only played two of the last ten if my memory serves correct. So I'm kind of leaning towards thinking that Copley's going to get the start tonight. Uh, yeah, well, what happened to Fakali, by the way? Did he not get into four games earlier this season? Yeah, he did. And I just think it's how they're going in their rotation tonight is that with everything that was happening, they put, when they did these roster changes yesterday, Hunter Shepard was on the taxi squad. They they were going into a game. The Bears have a game tonight, and I'm assuming Fukali was going to be the starter there. So it's just okay. a matter of you know they yeah they you know they've been trying to go on merit based on who, who's on the hottest role right now when they do bring players up. They're not just going well. He's our first round, or he's coming up regardless. They're going with who's been the best player at the time that they need players and get them in the lineup. And as a matter of fact, Joe Snively, the leading player in Hershey, he's a local kid from Hardin, Virginia here. Uh, he got called up the other day. He's leading Hershey in goals and assists and points, and he was the latest guy, and they thought he was fresher than the guys that they had up here, so they made some roster changes, and all of a sudden, Joe Snively's in the lineup the last couple of games. And Copley's sitting there pitching a 9.06, and Fucali's at 8.80, so obviously Copley's been the better guy in the minors so far down in the AHL. Al May joining us. Al, Nick Jensen got back in the lineup, and people say, Stoffer, you're, you're actually talking about Nick Jensen, but was he a significant addition for Washington to get healthier on defense? Well, right now, I'll tell you what, after his first full season here, he got came here at the deadline the one year, and he was good, and then all of a sudden, I think the pressure of, you know, Michael Kempney went out, and all of a sudden he felt the pressure. I don't think he adapted very well the first year under Todd Reardon. And last year, at around February 4th, they played against the New York Rangers, and all of a sudden, he, he just something got into him. And then this season in training camp, uh, he's just been right from training camp. He had a fight, and since that fight, believe it or not, this isn't a guy that tosses the mitts off. Uh, he's played with so much confidence, and he and Dimitri Orloff have been sensational together. And I will say this about the cap six defensemen that played last night. At the start of this season, with all of the roster chaos that they had at the forward positions, the team went 16-4-6 and six with that group of defensemen. And, and, and when they first broke that group up, I think Trevor Van Riemsdyk was the first guy to go out of the lineup. And all of a sudden, everyone started missing games. And they're so much better uh, when they have their, those three pairs. And I think it, it dictates and changes the, the way they play the game, the entire team. And they seem to get the puck out of the zone, whether it's skating it out, 
direct passes, the high flippers, the airmail. Uh, they seem most comfortable with the groupings that they had last night. And Nick Jensen, that was significant last night. When you look at the amount of block shots that he had, the physical confrontations, the muscling off of players off the puck on the wall, he was excellent last night in a pretty hectic and crazy game that featured a lot of special teams. Al, two more questions specific to the Capitals. Is there anybody in the league really like Tom Wilson right now? I don't think there's anything. You know, a lot of people try to compare Josh Anderson. But, you know, last year, Josh Anderson in Canada, I don't think he was physically challenged. You know, Wilson goes out there every night, uh, and he's as fast as they come, and he hits like a truck. He probably was going to be on the Canadian Olympic team as a fourth-line right winger. Uh, he yeah. kills penalties. They got him on the power play, and he can make plays. And I think he's just starting to really get the best part of his game is just coming out right now this season. I think at the start of the year, I think that Olympic thought was in the back of his mind. He has been very careful with the physical stuff, maybe not playing as physical as I would have liked him to or as maybe the team would have wanted him to. But uh, he's a really well-rounded player but with the emphasis on the physical side because, you know, you don't have players like that anymore. You go back and, you know, he, it's almost like a Clark Gillies, you know, just to think of, you know, losing Clark a week ago. He, he's kind of like a modern version of Clark, and, you know, a big, strong, tough player that always sticks up for his teammates, is always there for them. Uh, has skill and steps up when they need him to step up. So, yeah, he, he is definitely a one-of-a-kind type of player. Well, I know uh, a couple of years ago when the Caps got upset by the Hurricanes, uh, Warren Fogle got a piece of, and it depends on how you look at it, right? If you're a Capitals partisan, you'd say, well, he cross-checked the middle of boards, uh, T.J. Oshie. And if you're Carolina, you're saying, well, he kind of got a piece of him, but he was off balance. But I know Wilson was stomping mad the rest of that series on and laying waste to guys. Uh, that was also the playoff that Ovechkin knocked out uh, Svechnikov. Wilson can intimidate. There is no question about that. He brings that degree uh, to his game. And he's, you witnessed that. Were you, were you surprised that Carolina, by the way, was able to win that series? No, I, I didn't like the way the Caps were playing. I thought their strategy throughout that series was awful. They kept forcing passes through the middle of the ice, and there was always five Hurricanes there with their sticks on the ice, and I was wondering what the hell they were doing. And what the Hurricanes were doing, on the other hand, they were throwing everything at the net and scoring ugly goals, traffic. They were getting all over the goaltenders. They were bouncing off of players. And ultimately, I think it was Brock McGinn that ended that series in Game 7 with an ugly goal with traffic in front, weird angle. He didn't pass to the point. He didn't pass through the slot into the sticks of the, you know, the Washington Capitals. He shot the puck at the net, and the Capitals deserved to, to lose that series because their strategy was awful, and I couldn't believe that they did not change it. And that was the first sign that they were in trouble with Reardon because he never adapted. All right. I told you I had another question about a Caps player. Uh, we've talked about this guy before, Brett Leeson, a late bloomer, much like his father, Daryl Leeson, who uh, I, I'm telling you today, Al, uh, Daryl Leeson would have been recruited to play in the NCAA. Uh, but Ronnie Lancaster tried to sign him with the Edmonton Eskimos in the mid-1990s, right out of junior football. We got guys listening to the show right now that played for the Wildcats and the Huskies in junior football that used to get destroyed by uh, Brett's dad. And, uh, and then Brett took the Regina Rams after playing for the Calgary Dinos, he took the Regina Rams to the Vanier Cup uh, a year after they came in as an expansion franchise in U Sports and CIS football. So uh, great genes there. The player is a late bloomer. Has he shown you much, Brett Leeson, uh, in the games that he's played this year with Washington? 
Well, I think he was, you know, the first 10 games or so, and it goes back to that old three-week thing that a lot of the old-time hockey guys, we think, is that, you know, after that three weeks when they start to relax a little and they're not thinking hockey 24-7, you know, does complacency creep into the game? Do they get worn out just living on their own next to the arena, not doing anything at all times? And I think he kind of hit a wall. And I thought maybe he should have been flip-flopped down to Hershey, get him in the lineup every night, playing 20 minutes, close to 20 minutes, improve the skating, uh, all the puck touches, because all of a sudden he was playing a little too safe for me. And I think you have to do more than safe. I've said it on your show many times. You, you can't have guys just out there just playing not to get scored on and going to X and then to Y. I think you've got to always bring some extra. And he he, he stopped bringing the extra. He's probably going to be in the lineup tonight with Ovechkin out and the roster shuffling going on. I'm not sure exactly if he will be or if he's just up here for roster insurance. But you know what? I just think probably right now he'd be better off in Hershey rather than the taxi squad. Uh, I'm not sure how good you can get just getting bag skated every single day. I think it's better to get your games in. And right now I think that's probably the best thing for him. But who knows? He can go out there and have himself a hell of a game. But I still think his skating needs to improve. Uh, a little bit more, and the only way you can do that is getting on the ice in the American Hockey League, in my opinion. Al, we know you watch the Oilers all the time. You looking forward to tonight's game between Edmonton and Washington? Absolutely. I want to see uh, what the matchups are tonight with the top three center, and I like the Edmonton roster a lot better when they have these three centermen in the lineup playing center, and I think it's a, a deeper team. It looks like all of a sudden with, with Kane, you've got more depth up front. You can slot players a little lower where they should be. And uh, I expect to see Kuznetsov go head-to-head with McDavid because they're about the same speed, not exactly the same speed, but Kuznetsov can hold his own. And I think tonight he probably be, will be tasked with trying to keep Connor off the board or slow him down somewhat, get in his way and disrupt his puck carrying. Just a little side note here. Uh, the Oilers are seventh in the league in face-offs. The teams that are in the top six have all beaten Edmonton this season. These two teams haven't played in Washington in Washington since the start of the 18-19 season. Uh, that was like late October, early November of 2018. The Caps are dead last on face-offs. Um, you know they're going to add something at some point. Can they be? And they've got Kuznetsov, they've got Baxter, and they've got Eller. They got Dowd, but could they be looking for another guy that can maybe win a draw for them that they can flank in on the wings that can maybe step in and take a draw once in a while? I, I would expect that they're in the hunt for a top six player, preferably one that can play center. And I would think that the faceoffs would be on that list. But I, I know that when the Caps went to the Stanley Cup and they won it, uh, they still weren't the best faceoff team. And I'm not sure that equates to the most success in the National Hockey League by winning all those faceoffs. You've got to have a plan when you win. You've got to have a plan when you lose. And, you know, I saw, uh, you've seen, who was it, Paul Gostad traded, he was the best faceoff man in the NHL, traded to Nashville. And I think they were beat out in the first round, and the faceoffs didn't matter a whole lot. So I Fair never really it. worry about that. Yeah, I never really worry about that faceoff stat too much because you have to have a plan either way. And sometimes it seems like you can do a lot more with your forecheck when you lose that face-off in the offensive zone. So it's uh, it's just a matter of what your strategies are and how dialed in all your players are every single game. But I do know that they, I do believe that they need another top six player that can help them. You know, if, if they're going to be able to get in the playoffs and, and go four rounds, 
they're going to have to have some depth. And with Baxter missing as much time as he had this year, he's not even close to where he wants to be, and he's still he's still very effective. It's going to take him another 10, 15 games to get going. Because uh, that's off. It's never been a strength, but he's been battling a lot harder this season in the face-off side. But it's uh, it's never one of the things that it worries me the most as to who wins the face-off battle every night. I'm more concerned with who puts him behind the goaltender. Fair comment. What I would say, you know it affects special teams uh, because it gives you puck possession, especially in the O-zone. The Capitals are 28th in the league in the power play, which seems crazy because for a number of years they were the best face-off. Is this just a byproduct of people, you know, opposition teams, you know, overplaying uh, that one-timer for Vetchkin trying to take that shot away? Or was it also a scenario where John Carlson wasn't available because he was out with some injuries for a while? What do you think it was? No, I, I think it's because they refused to change the strategy for so long. And until Friday night in Dallas, this power play has been the exact same for 10 years. You know, when they added wrinkles, it's the same wrinkles that everyone in the league's seen. And the last couple of games, they've been moving players around. Ovechkin was sneaking down to the goal line last night. They changed the triangulation down low near the goaltender. John Carlson was moving across more to set up for one-timers rather than just standing in the middle of the ice. So I think, you know, one of the things that I do like about Edmonton, what I do like about Pittsburgh's power plays, not only does the puck move very fast, but so do the players. They don't melt the ice under their skates. And this year, it's been driving me absolutely crazy. I was going to add a few more words, which kind of crazy was that getting to me, because I was watching the same thing over and over and over. Forced passes to Ovechkin, forced passes. No one's shooting off the half wall. And the last few games, and hopefully it's a trend that carries through, the players are moving their skates. They're opening up different lanes. Uh, players are switching positions on the power play. And I think that's one of the things you have to do because they're so deliberate and so, you know, I guess when, when they were running it all season long, everyone knew exactly what was coming. I could tell you on every power play what the looks were going to be. I could tell like, two seconds ahead where the puck was going to go, what was going to happen, and there wasn't any success. And teams just go back one game at a time, watch the video, and say, oh, that's what they're doing. And then they repeat and they copy the same penalty kill, which seemed like the more passive penalty kill was the best one because the Caps weren't moving themselves. The puck was moving slow. Uh, the guy in the half wall wouldn't shoot. They forced the puck over to Obi. The goaltender cheats over to him. The, the shot blocker comes out forces the shot to a certain side of the net. The goaltender's already waiting. So hopefully for the Capitals' sake and and the success of their power play, they start to continue with those wrinkles of having players move around the ice rather than just standing in specific spots the entire two minutes. Well, the Oilers have got a little, gone cold on the power play, too, and Glenn Gulletson had a lengthy conversation with the top power play unit uh, after practice today. Al, great stuff. We'll see you down in the rink. Yeah, take care, Bob. See you tonight. You bet that. That's Washington Capitals color analyst Alan May, longtime analyst and uh, also a guy who uh, spent several years uh, working his way in the National Hockey League. Japanese Village open to serve you to any one of their five Edmonton and area locations featuring Japanese A5 Wagyu. Visit jvedmonton.ca. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. 
CPA. We'll circle back in the Ashley Fine Floors text line when we return in Oilers Now. It's 124 in Edmonton. Hi, I'm Darnell Nurse from the Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chet. Darnell Nurse playing 26-33 per game, paired with Devin Bouchard, 21-34. Koskinen starts, Kane, McDavid, and Yamamoto, Dreisaitl, McLeod, and Pugliarvi. RNH with Hyman and Derek Ryan. Devin Shore with Warren Fogle and Zach Cassie and Tyson Berry will play if William Lags and Keith and CeCe stay together. No Alexander Ovechkin. Also, TJ Oshie and Anthony Mantha out all, obviously, top six forwards. And we don't think we're going to see either Vanacek or Samsonov in goal for the Caps. It is 126 in Edmonton. Cars cost less than Wetaskiwin. Brent Ridgeford and Wetaskiwin are 10-time President's Award winners for customer satisfaction. Right now, the best way to get a vehicle is to custom order one. Discounts are available from Brent Ridge Ford and Ford Motor Company. On most custom orders, get the exact equipment and colors you want. Reach out to Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny, and the gang at one 477 3673 or visit BrentRidge.com. We'll tell you that Royal Pizza still making it great. Multiple locations in Edmonton. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 plus years for a menu and a list of their 15 Edmonton and area locations. You can go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. The Stoffer recommendation at Royal Pizza is the Mediterranean chicken. We're going to be making a couple switches over the next couple days. We'll tell you that Elliot Friedman for Mid-City Construction will join us on tomorrow's show. Uh, Louis DeBras for GCL Diesel on Friday's show as Louis will be flying back uh, from uh, Toronto. I'm in Washington with the Oilers. The team will fly after the game. We should get into Edmonton sometime between 2 and 3 in the morning, and I'll join you on tomorrow's edition of Oilers. Now, I will tell you that for the next half hour, the man that's going to guide you home, some will say it's a vast improvement, is going to be Brendan Escott. He's got John Shannon for Legacy Heating and Cooling coming up at 1.34 after a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Uh, we will uh, rejoin you today at 3.30 from the arena when the Edmonton Oilers get ready to take on the Washington Capitals. Should be a fun one tonight. Talk to you then. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.